1: Welcome to Bisberg, I am your host today, Kathy Emmons. This program is sponsored by Refuge for Women Pittsburgh, and my guests today in studio are Teresa Golden, Beatrice Harrison, and Rocco Magnelli. They are all working with Refuge for Women. If you're interested in finding out more about this organization, throughout the next half hour, you're going to hear refugeforwomen.org forward slash Pittsburgh. That's refugeforwomen.org slash Pittsburgh. Teresa, Beatrice Rocco, welcome in. Thank Thank you. you. Very glad to have you in the studio today. Um, The term sex trafficking is something I don't think uh, the average person knew anything about maybe 10 years ago. But in the last decade, especially I would say in the last maybe five or six years, it has certainly come to the forefront in how we um, understand the plight of young women and young men who are taken advantage of. It's something that we're told to look out for. Oftentimes we don't even know what we're supposed to be looking for because the average person doesn't know what sex trafficking looks like. Um, And at this point, I think a lot of people aren't really sure what to do they they know it's a bad thing They don't really know what it looks like, and they certainly don't know what to do about it. But Refuge for Women is a nationwide organization that is uh, new here to Pittsburgh. And you guys are going to kind of fill in the blanks for us so that all of the people who are listening to this program can hopefully at the end of this half hour feel like they know more about what the problem is and how to do something about it. So can we start with talking about the problem? Um, So sex trafficking in America – Um, around the world, a gigantic issue. So whoever wants to start out, give me some numbers or some statistics or just kind of help our minds to get a grip on what kind of problem we have.
2: So when you think about the sex industry, really in the United States, it's like a $150 billion industry. So when you look at that, you're looking at prostitution, strip clubs, escort services. Those are the types of sex industry jobs we're talking about. And most of that, 92% of those women involved really are only there for a purpose of survival. You know, that's not really the choice that they have, um, but they need resources to get out. And a lot of that is because, you know, like over 75% of them were sexually abused as children. So it led them down this path of vulnerability to be exposed to, you know, making either poor choices or having to make choices out of the need for survival. And so that's where it really comes to. So it's not really typically what people look at. Um, As you think about the movie Taken and they're getting kidnapped from the airport or, you know, episodes on SVU and things like that, that does happen. But the reality of it is a lot of it is done out of need for survival. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're just working in these types of jobs that um, decrease, you know, how they feel about their their own dignity and their self-worth. And so what we want to do is then help bring awareness to that and help bring resources to help solve that problem, help them come out of that, that lifestyle and be able to live independently.
1: Sure. Okay. So the average person hears a story like that and they think, well, if it's a 15 year old girl, she's decided to prostitute herself. I mean, who are we to get in the way of that? Like if that was her choice and that's a bad choice, then she's going to have to live with that. Uh, What do you say to that? How does our understanding now of sex trafficking figure in?
2: Well, for that 15 year old, when you look at it, one out of three runaways, and that is typically the age when they are running away. So you're looking at 12 to 15 years old. Um, they're trying to find their identity at all, you know, who they are, what they're wanting to do, where they want to go with life. And so um, they run away. And within 24 to 48 hours, they're approached by a pimp or a trafficker.
1: And, and how would where
2: would that happen? It can be anywhere. It could be on the streets. It can be in the malls. It can be online is a big part of it okay. right now. And so a lot of our children are and our adolescents are overly sharing information about their lives. And so these pimps and these traffickers are zoning in on that one piece of information that they may be able to fill that void. So they'll fill that void by buying them that favorite pair of shoes that they've posted online that mm, they really want. Okay. But their parents won't buy them. Or, you know, something along those lines, I don't feel understood by my girlfriends and I'm hanging out by myself on a Friday night. So they're sending them messages about, you want to come hang out with me? We'll go to the movies. Um, So it's subversive. It's very subversive. So they are manipulating them and not even the girls or even young gentlemen are not realizing that they're being manipulated. And so they're fulfilling that void that that adolescent is showing everyone that is out there a lot of times through social media. And so then once they fulfill that void, they start building that trust. And so they start talking more, and they start giving them more things, and they are um, becoming involved and enmeshed into their life. Nothing bad has happened to this point, but they're getting that trust, right. and they're starting to isolate them from their families and from their friends. And so then that's when they start doing the things. Well, we really need some extra money. Can you go hang out with these guys with me for the weekend? And that's when some of the trafficking starts. Okay, and so
1: that. that's really helpful. So I – since you've explained it, I can see how it's more of an evolution. It's like a, it's like a planned deception. It's like a long con, Absolutely. right? It's not something that happens when you snap your fingers. Okay. So, um, so if that's the situation, why Pittsburgh? Why is it an issue here? Pittsburgh's a pretty nice place, right? You know, it's a friendly city. You know, we got a lot of, you know, technology. We have a lot of hospitals, a lot of churches. Um, why are you talking about Pittsburgh? Rocca, you want to
2: speak into that?
3: Well, I think one of the uh, important things to look at Pittsburgh is the area that we sit in, uh, the tri-state area, and um, what what we find with a lot of the children is uh, the number one red flag that we look for is is the runaway, as Teresa mentioned, and uh, these children will run away, and uh, myself in particular, we work with uh, numerous uh, children and youth services throughout the state of Pennsylvania. and when these children run away we go out and we locate these children and what we find is these children from different counties all intermingle with each other mm. and um we'll find children from the lower uh, part of the state uh, maybe different counties Fayette Washington County uh, all gravitate to one area and uh, it's easy access and we find a lot of them coming up to Pittsburgh and and
1: why we, Pittsburgh what, what what makes Pittsburgh an attractive place for that to happen
3: I, I think because it's easy access and uh, because of highways because and of highways rivers
1: and bridges and yeah we okay. we, we have
3: everything available here okay. and uh, you, you know the the access is very important
1: yeah so rocco i want to hear about your story because um you shared with me before we went on the air that you have a, kind of a long and complicated history Um, with sex trafficking that has allowed you to function in your current capacity um, working uh, with children who are trafficked. So um, talk to us about your background.
3: My background is in law enforcement. And uh, I had left law enforcement. Um, I was uh, a single father of four children. Okay. Um, And uh, everything was going well. I had some difficulties with my youngest daughter. Okay. And uh, at the age of 11, she was a... would constantly leave the house and uh, she would meet up with other friends and she would stay away for uh, long periods of time, maybe two, three days, four days at a time. Uh, I would continually go out there and try and locate her. She ended up getting um, caught up in some trouble and got caught up in the the child welfare system and was on probation for a lot of times. And when she would be going into these court hearings and review hearings for her behaviors, She ended up getting caught up with different individuals because when I would go out, I would go out myself and look for her. Um, Of course, she would be reported as a missing person, a runaway. But I was out there looking for her, too. And I would find my daughter in some uh, very difficult places to find.
1: That must have been so agonizing. I
3: I would find her in different – in certain neighborhoods. Uh, I would would find her caught up with individuals uh, a lot older than her. Um, And, uh, you know, she was – each time that she would run away, it it seemed to get worse. And uh, one thing I want to mention is when these children get caught up and the manipulation starts with a certain individual, which we will say is a trafficker, um, as that manipulation uh, goes on, these children don't realize at the beginning that that they're a victim of anything because – they're being comforted by certain things that they don't normally have. Sure. Uh, and a good flag for everyone to look out for with, with the children is, is your child coming home with things that they didn't leave with, uh, newer tennis shoes, newer items, mm-hmm. hair done, nails done. Um,
1: so that's that kind of grooming, that subversive thing that Teresa was telling exactly, us about. Exactly,
3: that grooming process. And I noticed that a lot. And, uh, and especially, you know, w- when a trafficker is involved with a child and that child starts to see $100 bills that they normally don't see. That comfort level for that child is, you know, they don't – that's all they're looking at is things that they don't have. So I would continually find that and um, the grooming process continues on from there because once they have a child like that, then it's almost like a recruitment because as Teresa mentioned, this is a business. And, and that, that child is passed on um, and not necessarily like we see in the movies and in the in the TV shows uh state to state, although that does happen. But they're passed on right in their own community where that child is used to bring on other children. And, and that's what we like to call a recruitment process begins. And that child, that younger child then contacts friends of theirs and says, tells them what they're getting out of this and what's happening. And then it continues on. Okay.
1: Through. So who are the uh, minds behind this? Is there a central... Uh, person that you're trying to find in this area who's recruiting one girl who's going to recruit all of her friends or is it a network of them or is it statewide or how can we think about that
3: well well we can't think of it that way but what we like to do is think of it as an any individual because one common question i get is where where does this happen Um, what's the central area and, and my best response to people is right in our own communities, right in our backyards. Okay. This is happening right next door, your next-door neighbor possibly. And, and and it's not realized. And until we get into the, the life of that child and come in and introduce ourselves and, and let the child know and let the parents know that they're not in any trouble uh, and what we're here for, we're here for their protection – then they start to open up and start to realize what's going on.
1: So, Rocco, you were able to bring your daughter out of that world?
3: Uh, I was. It, 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 it was a long journey. Yeah.
1: Okay, a, so that's another thing that's important, right, is it's not like you're out, you're safe, and it's over.
3: Right. This, this isn't something that happens overnight. Uh, it's a process. And w- what we have to realize is these children, especially uh, along with our adults, it becomes a part of their lifestyle. And the lifestyle itself is hard for these victims and survivors to get out of.
1: And, and do they realize that they're victims?
3: They, they don't. And, for it, and that, that's the important thing. They don't realize that they're victims because they think that they're doing what they want to do. And to give you an example, uh, a lot of times walking through this journey with my daughter, uh, being involved with probation, there would be uh, hearings at the courthouses, review hearings on her progress okay. and so forth. And being caught up in that lifestyle – Law enforcement at the time, and, and I'm going back ten years ago because this is something that's really coming to light, which is what we're trying to also do, uh, keep it in the light. Um, didn't really understand, and I would I would constantly hear that that she's just prostituting herself. Or, sure, right. Uh, that's her choice. Yeah, it's her choice. She's a bad that's kid. And what she's doing.
1: She's making a bad choice. That's her and, problem. In
3: fact, it wasn't. And, and no matter how many times you tried to show them and tell certain individuals, this is where I'm finding them. It's not understood that and no one can f- know the feeling of what it's like to have to make an appointment with someone when you know where your daughter's at and to have to make an appointment for them to, OK, we'll bring her to you. Yeah. Um, and I, I had to do that at times. I've had to go to certain places in, in Pittsburgh and meet with them to hand my daughter over. But then that would last for two, three, four days, and then, then the run would begin again. And, and it's just a process that continues. And in other people's eyes, well, um, they're looking at a child and saying they're making that decision. It's their, their decision. Right. And uh, in reality, it's not. It's the lifestyle that they're being led into. You know, this goes on for years. I will tell you, my daughter, of course, is not involved in this anymore. But up until just a few months ago, certain individuals, uh, older traffickers that were in her life, still reach out, still come and knock on the door. So
1: it's a persistent issue even after the young woman or young man is out of the situation. It is because after
3: a point – you know in the traffickers eyes and and the best way for me to look at it and as teresa mentioned is it is a business to them because these children and or adults are are doing nothing but making profit for them so they feel that your child or that victim is theirs and and they're they are that bold i mean and
1: that's and that's all there is to it and, Mm and
3: and that's it
1: okay I'm Kathy Emmons. You're listening to Bisburg. We're focusing this half hour on Refuge for Women Pittsburgh. I've got three guests in studio. You were just hearing from Rocco Magnelli. Also, Teresa Golden and Beatrice Harrison are here. We're going to talk about a new um, organization right here, new to Pittsburgh, that is going to provide for women who are in uh sex trafficking. Um dot org is the website. Refugeforwomen dot org forward slash Pittsburgh. Um if you're anywhere near a uh a pen or a pencil and want to write a phone number down it's seven four oh seven nine two four three seven four. That's seven four oh 7924374. This program Bisberg, is also streaming live on radio.com, tunein.com, iHeartRadio, as well of course on the Word FM website. You can listen back to this program on our podcast, so if you want to find that just go online to podcastpittsburgh.com and click on Bizberg. Okay, um, Rocco, thank you for sharing your story with us. So now you're functioning as a CSI investigator for children. Um, you work with a network of law enforcement organizations that fight sex trafficking in the United States. So just take a minute and tell us about that network so that people know that it exists.
3: Well, we're talking about Operation 10. It's an at- attorney general's task force. that consists- U.S. Attorney General. U.S. Attorney General, uh, which it consists of FBI, HSI, Homeland Security, and uh, CSI, ourselves. And CSI's part in this is We are contracted with multiple CYF agencies in the state of Pennsylvania, and we handle specifically their runaways. And since the trafficking issue has come to light, we have now – we do specifically – we have a division that does all runaways, and I do all the sexual exploitation and human trafficking, and we have that division. Uh, And all the cases are brought uh, to the uh, Attorney General's Task Force, whether it be FBI, Homeland Security – and uh they're reviewed mm-hmm. and the beauty of that is and i like to stress that in the past you know cyf and cys organizations they they had no recourse in a lot of this it was a child would run away they they had no one to look you know it would be they weren't
1: re- empowered to do something right, about it. it
3: would be they would report the incident to the local police or whoever to do the search and follow through with the missing persons uh reports but um The step that they made, I think, is very bold in having us come in to actually go out and look for these children. And I give them Mm -hmm. all credit for that. So that's where we're at now. We have an actual agency now. We have this task force. And there's multiple out there. The U.S. Attorney's Office has them in different areas. Mm -hmm. But our specific area here in the Western District of Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. this is what we concentrate on. The, The task force itself concentrates on mostly adult and we bring in the, ch- the child children. The children.
1: Okay. All right. Terrific. Thank you for that, Rocco. And I want to turn it over to Teresa and Beatrice to talk about refuge for women. So we've established what the problem is, why Pittsburgh um, is a city that's perfectly centered for traffickers to take advantage, uh, in particular of young women. Um, Rocco shared his personal story. Tell us about refuge for women, Beatrice. I'll start with you. Um, this is a nationwide organization. Tell us about it.
4: Um, Correct. So it is a nationwide organization um, in business, uh, or basically founded about 11 years ago in the state of Kentucky. And the mission there began with our founder, Ked Frank, and his wife, Michelle. Um, And what they started doing was, on a regular basis, taking a warm meal and doing ministry to women... Mm -hmm. Um, And so after some time there, building those relationships and building that trust and and basically bringing the word of God to these women and just loving on them, you know, exactly where they were, that they started to build trust um, with Kid and Michelle and started sharing the fact that they didn't want to be in those situations, that they were doing it, as Teresa had mentioned, just out of need and, you know, certain circumstances or their environment socioeconomic reasons ended up in that industry Um, but over time started to build trust with ked and michelle and that is basically how their mission began um you know to to help women strictly in situations where they were trying to get out of the sex trade um and that's how refuge began
1: Wow! first of all that's a beautiful beginning so let's talk about where we are now. So what does Refuge for Women offer? And then, Teresa, I'm going to throw it to you and talk about what we're going to be doing in Pittsburgh.
4: Um, and so in terms of the, the, the homes, Refuge for Women is focused on strictly working with women who have been exploited sexually or who are coming um, from sting operations, being rescued at, you know, okay. similar to what, what Rocco was describing, just getting women out who are ready to move into a safer, different uh, line of, of just life. Um, in terms of what is different about refuge for women is that that focus. So a woman who is ends up homeless, um, there are plenty of shelters where she can go to, and there's a lot of wraparound that happens in organizations like that where they can provide them the stability. You know, provide a place them to go,
1: women. food. Right. Absolutely.
4: Um, but the difference in what refuge does is that the the women who are in this situation, they are suffering from a trauma that is far different than any other organization, can really hone in on what the what the trauma is and what their specific needs are. Um, a lot of them, as it's been mentioned here, are they were abused as children or just the situation that their their view of life in the situation that they're in is very skewed in that they don't know a lot of times that there are other options for them. And that they don't
1: realize, as we said before, that they're victims.
4: Correct, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so that is where um, the the program, the curriculum, and a lot of what we have is evidence-based that these are women who need very specific support, very specific um, therapy, very specific care, Um, similar to what you might see from someone who is, you know, a veteran helping a veteran or someone in Alcoholics Anonymous, that program works because it's one alcoholic speaking to another. Um, And so a lot of the care and the curriculum that we provide is really looking at the specific trauma and the specific care that these women have. Um, or need because of of their circumstances.
1: Sure. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So this is beyond a shelter. This is an actual program that's going to help these young women deal with their past trauma and reintegrate into society and think about their life in a healthy way. Think about their future in a healthy way. Um, Teresa, talk about, now you're from Ohio, Mm -hmm. talk about what um, refuge, what does it mean that refuge is moving into
2: Pittsburgh? So yes, originally we started in Ohio as an individual home and then joined the Refuge for Women National Program in 2019. And with that, just looking at this area, so the Ohio Valley area, so we're in such close proximity to being PA, West Virginia and Ohio, that we share a lot of the resources. And so we had uh, already started reaching out to the task force in Pittsburgh and working with organizations in Pittsburgh and realized that What this area needs is that emergency housing. Mm -hmm. So we do have a lot of wonderful organizations who are providing some of those wraparound services, Um, drop-in centers, strip club ministries, you know, social service agencies who are helping with food and things like that. But when those women are having to go back into the same housing situation after spending all day getting these resources. They start all over the very next day. So you're putting them right back in that same situation that they're trying to survive from. And so providing that emergency housing piece. So we have Rocco and his team who are out there on the streets that are helping these victims or identifying survivors in these situations. But they need somewhere to take them right then. And so with that, um, Refuge for Women, our emergency house program, will be able to take a woman in right off the streets regardless of – Her income, regardless of whether she has medical um, services or we can provide all those for her with our emergency house. Um, And even as well as the addiction piece, we will be able to do some of that um, addiction recovery with them and help get them through that detox stage. So it's really a crisis management um, and stabilization home for like 30 to nine, up to 90 days if needed, as we're trying to help them, like she said, just get stabilized to be able to identify, well, what is it I want to do? Where do I want to go? Um, what resources do I need to get there? And so we help them see that vision of where they want to go and help them change their environment to get um, there, to get there. Right. So we build them. You know, we still use uh, different organizations within the community to provide those services, as well as working with, you know, medical personnel, dental, um, all those things to help the women get to a point. Um, if you're not feeling good or if you um, have all those Daily survival needs not being met. You can't even think about what you want your future to be. You get stuck in that rut of just doing what I need to do to survive. And so giving them that time to rest, to be in a safe place, surrounded by people who can pour into them all those basic needs and just love on them for no other reason other than that's what we're called to do you know we don't want anything back from them and a lot of them have never had that type of support before and so once they have that type of support and they have those people around them you see them flourish and you Mm -hmm. see them being able to make good choices with just having that little bit of resources and that's what a lot of them have told us i just didn't have the resources to be able to get out You know, or I didn't know how to get out because I've lived in this life since I was a child. This is like a generational type of a thing. And so if we can help them break that you know, that stronghold on their life and help provide them with those resources. Then we can move them into other long-term programs and additional services. Sounds
1: so good. Refugeforwomen.org slash Pittsburgh. Refugeforwomen.org slash Pittsburgh. We've got um, some fundraising coming up so that we can get this house open in Pittsburgh. Um, People can find out all the information at the website, refugeforwomen.org. And what about fundraising?
4: Um, As far as fundraising goes, we're starting out here um, with our uh, first fundraiser, November the 13th, and that is going to be Night of Restoration and Hope. They can find information on our website, on our events page. Terrific. That's
1: refugeforwomen.org slash Pittsburgh. The phone number is 740 4374 If you know someone who is being trafficked, if you yourself feel like you have been trafficked, please contact local law enforcement who are going to be aware of the situation and can help you. Please reach out. If you're interested in more information about being involved, refugeforwomen.org forward slash Pittsburgh. Thank you to Teresa Golden. Thank you to Beatrice Harrison and Rocco Magnelli for being with me today. My name is Kathy Emmons, and I am here for Pittsburgh